Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Emily Murillo, spiritual coach and astrologer. I am here with my co-host, Ashley Torrent, psychic medium and psycho-spiritual counselor. And today we want to talk about our Costa Rica retreat experience. This is a trip that I think meant a lot for the both of us for different reasons, for individual reasons, but it was it was such a magical trip in so many ways. And and by magical, I mean everything just felt like it like it happened in the way that it was meant to, but it also brought up a lot of a lot of very human heavy stuff. So we really want to share our experience with you all. Yeah, it was really powerful. And I'm some of you may know this, but Millie and I have actually never met in person. So this was the first time we met in person, which was so cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, just kind of like a miracle that it happened and having our relationship be met in the real world and not just online was a really powerful thing. And I think there's something interesting that I think will be present in this conversation is that when you do something new or something different, you may have expectations about how that will unfold or what that would be like. but if you really allow the energy of it or the possibilities to unfold and if you're present with it, I think a lot of times you can be really pleasantly surprised. And I know I was definitely pleasantly surprised almost every day of this trip. (laughs) I agree. I agree. You know, Ashley and I, we arrived a few days before the, the retreat started so that we had time to, to really meet and spend time together. And you know, I remember when I landed in Costa Rica and the, the airport from where we were staying was two and a half hours out. And so for those of you that don't know, I lived in Costa Rica for some time, 10 years ago, and actually not too far from where the retreat was held. And I lived in Costa Rica for about a year. That for me was a trip where I feel this journey started. I think that I am here today doing what I do because I dropped everything 10 years ago to go live in Costa Rica and have that experience. There was a lot that came up for me at that time for the first time, asking greater questions of life, what it all meant, who I was with without any any knowledge. I didn't have a therapist back then. I I hadn't read all the books. I, you know. I hadn't even started studying astrology at that point. Everything changed when I came back. So for me to go back 10 years later to co-lead a retreat, a spiritual retreat at a place that changed my life in such a significant way was just my heart was bursting in, in gratitude. And so back to what I was saying when I landed at the airport and, you know, it was, I I was two and a half hours away from the Airbnb where I was staying with Ashley. There was so much anticipation and excitement and, and nervousness. It was like, I knew that I was going to meet you in person for the first time. And there was that excitement, but I also felt like I already knew you. And obviously I did, but there was something that just, that didn't feel like I was going to meet you for the first time in person, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, 
first off, the the ride from the airport to the Airbnb was just so, I cried a few times. It was so emotional. It was mm-hmm. so emotional to remember that route because that's, I've landed at that airport before. I've taken that route before. And just to to see so much greenery, all of that nature. As soon as I stepped out of the airport and felt that humidity and smelled that Costa Rica air, I was like, oh my God, I'm home. My body just immediately felt like it was at home. It was it was such a beautiful experience. And then to to finally arrive at the Airbnb and to see, you know, I think I saw your I think I saw Lair, your husband first. And and then your kids came out and then you came out and it was such a, it was so emotional to just embrace one another. It was just so joyful in that moment. It was so joyful. And I remember I was inside the house. We had, we had rented a house because my family was there for two weeks and we had a little casita on the grounds. It was, the whole thing was so serendipitous. We found it was like one of the only places left in Nosara to rent. And I wanted somewhere pretty private, um, just because that's my preference as an introvert. And so we rented this place and then they had a casita on the on the grounds that is like a little apartment and Millie rented that. And it was so perfect, like right outside the house. And I remember I was inside the main house and Lair was like, Millie's here. And I went out and I just couldn't believe it. Like, like you said, it it didn't feel, it just felt so natural. Like I was seeing an old friend who I've known for years, which I have, but mm-hmm. just to see you in person and the thing I really trusted was that I just knew you would be who you were. You know mm. what I mean? I've known mm. you long enough and in different situations, even online, that there wasn't this nervousness of like, well, what's she going to be like? Is she going to be like she is? I just knew you were going to be the woman that I've connected to soul to soul, human to human for the past few years. And having that confirmed for me was really cool. And I mean, you all know some of my background. You know, my relationships with women in the past have been a little dicey. My mom, you know, mentally ill, never knew what you were going to get. For me to feel so confident in that was a huge thing. Because I kind of live with this idea. My trauma lives in this idea of at any moment, anyone could be someone different, you know? Yeah. And so this was like, it was just amazing. And I just want to add that. I mean, so much of this journey over that two weeks of being with you in the retreat was a reminder of how much I have changed and how much has healed. And mm-hmm. that was just one example of the many things. That's such a good point. That's interesting because that could very well happen. That's not something that I had thought about. <laughs> That's not, but that could very well happen. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And what a disappointment. <laughs> what a disappointment that that would have been. But yeah, that's, I think that's just what helped it feel so safe. And also, just so that our listeners know, the Airbnb was, I mean, I don't know, like, how far away was it from the actual retreat? It was just up the hill. <laughs> it was up the hill. I mean, that too, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was just up the hill from the resort where the retreat was held. So to add to Ashley's point about how serendipitous it all was, it it really really was <laughs> the way that everything just worked out. And, you know, you and I had kind of touched base before we met of like, well, how are you feeling? You know, this is, I think it was, it was a little, it was a different experience for both of us l- leading up to the retreat, but I'll speak for myself when I say that I was really nervous and, and I had, I feel like big imposter syndrome and, and just, you know, 
I started getting in my head a lot. And I remember having to ground. There was a lot of insecurities coming up. There was a lot of fear coming up, a lot of judgment coming up, a lot of very, I mean, I don't want to judge everything that came up, but it felt ugly. It felt a little heavy. And 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 I I think it was just the nervousness of like, oh my God, this is really happening. And I don't, I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. And and, and so to have all of that and to be able to so openly communicate it to you and discuss it with you and have conversations about it with you is so different. It's so different to be able to have a woman who I consider a friend and not have it just these things come up and me just vent, but me express it and for them to be received and for me to be held, but also be given what else can be true. I mean, it was just so supportive. And I just, you know, I'm I hope that I've said thank you, but I want to say thank you again for for being that space mm. before the retreat started because that helped so much. Uh, yeah, I found that our connection during the whole thing was such a grounding place for me to know that it was new for both of us, that we'd never done anything like this at this scale and in person. And then to know we could have those conversations like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And then talk about our nerves our fears, the things we were worried about, you know, just stepping into the unknown, not to mention working with 19 women that, you know, most of them we'd never met before, you know, how would we be received and what would it be like to be sitting in that space? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Thank you. Those conversations we had leading up were so grounding. And what I really love that I felt through the whole thing, but just something that I really experienced with Millie And something I've been thinking a lot about is in our conversations, there never felt any competition or ego present. I mean, ego in the sense of the ego brings us our fears and and tells stories. But I'm talking about like competitive ego, fear of not being as good or something like that. I never felt that part of the ego that you can feel so often in women relationships, that competition Mm -hmm. piece. And that was so refreshing that we could both be in our fear or in our insecurity, but also feeling hopeful and be present with one another. And it was just what it was. It was just two people talking. And that felt so safe to me. Absolutely. I mean, so much of the retreat. And just so you all know, we started, so we started Saturday. We started Saturday evening with an opening. And then like Sunday through that following Friday, it was nonstop. It was like being up probably around 6 a.m., maybe a little before, and then really not going to bed till about nine, maybe. Yeah, maybe I even mean, 10. Yeah. yeah. They were incredibly long days and it was being on. I remember having this moment of like, oh, this is work. And having, and I told you, like, okay, I, my work mode is on. And here's why I had to do that. Because to your point, we were checking in with one another. Whenever we we had a little bit of time and we came across each other, we were just asking each other, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. And just, I remember telling you so much. I'm like, I'm feeling a lot. Like, this is a lot. I was very tender. There was a lot of emotion. And I think it was a combination of the powerful workshops that were led by the other women and, and yourself and what that brought up in me. In addition to then holding space 
when I taught workshops and did readings in between, that's a lot. That's a lot. So to be able to have someone there who I could just say, like, there's a lot coming up, but I can't talk about it right now. There's a lot coming up and I want to cry and having moments of where I could cry. That's incredibly safe. And, and what you were saying about there was no competition. It just felt safe. I think that's, that was just, I think it was beautiful that we were all just rooted in being of service and doing what we do best. I remember that something clicked the first night for me of like, oh, this is what I do. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm here to do what I do. The other women are here to do what they do. And we are all four pieces of this puzzle. And if I don't do what I'm here to do and what I do best, then I'm not being of service, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of those fears and insecurities really subsided about not being good enough, about all of these things. And I just remember just praying and meditating every day before the day started and really being centered on being of service and doing what I do in the way that I do it. And having to come back to that, that was really helpful. That's such a good point. Because I feel like when I understood my role and could see, and I think that started the first night, I could see my role and that was clear. Then I could do that. You know, I knew I was there. I knew how we've all played off of each other, what our purpose was. Being in the ocean every morning was helpful. And what was really fascinating to me, I really expected, first of all, Bodhi Tree Yoga Resort is the most physical place. (laughs) You are walking up hills. It is a beautiful place, like set in the hills. But man, walking up hills, walking upstairs, like it is no joke. I was not expecting that kind of physicality. I know. Um, And that was insane. Like we had to walk up 104 steps to go to the place where we taught. And I went up there at least six times a day (laughs) to do my readings. And I started the mornings in the ocean. And one of the things that I knew nature was, is such an important part of my life. And I knew it would be the place I started my day in the ocean. So I probably started at five. But we offered a surf lesson on Monday and Tuesday morning. And I was amazed at how many people um, showed up for that. And like the group on Monday came and then the group doubled on the next day of people boogie boarding and being in the ocean. But you know, when people showed up and I think I was this way, I kept saying, I can't, I haven't really landed here. And, you know, people were there and they were friendly, but it was like, you know, their faces were in shadows because they didn't, you know, they were nervous too. You could tell. Mm -hmm. But that morning that um, I think it was Monday morning after the ocean, you just saw the whole the energy of everyone change. As yeah. soon as they got in nature, their smiles were out, their faces were open. I mean, there were women there who have never swam before, who mm-hmm. were like boogie boarding in like knee deep water. And I thought that was incredible, you know, and just seeing these women test their physicality and try something that they've never done before, or maybe they tried before, but didn't have a good experience. I think the nature aspect and the physicality helped everyone really land in their bodies. That was such a beautiful thing. And I and I heard many of them say how surprised they were at that component and they weren't expecting it. There's something in that water. Yeah. <laughs> there so is beautiful. something in that water that is just so calming mm-hmm. and and cleansing. I mean it's 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 beautiful. You know, I think that because it sounded like I can't remember specifically what women were were like repeaters of of Vanessa and Denise retreats, but what it sounds like 
is that this is the first time that they have such a physical component other than yoga, right? Mm-hmm. In their other in nature, their, yeah. In nature, right. And so, you know, for so many, for a few of the women that that I that I had, you know, really intimate conversations with, just going on that retreat was a massive step. That's not including any revelations that they had, any stepping out of their comfort zone that that they did while they were there. So to light up in in that way in nature, especially boogie board surf. And an ocean, a wild ocean. Right. That ocean right. was wild those first two yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was and wild. That was, I mean, that's that's what makes these retreats so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's what makes these retreats so impactful mm-hmm. because everything is intentional, right? Everything is intentional, whether there is an actual intention set, but there is something about when we opened group Saturday evening in the beautiful Shala, we opened with an intention to reclaim audacity and that lands differently for everyone. I think that that bringing in that component of nature was a way for women to reclaim that part of themselves. And how does that not light you up, right? Seriously, I mean, I think nature... It's it brings the best of us forward and challenges us in ways that we're not used to on a daily life. And a lot of these women, they went kayaking and like mangroves and yeah. riding ATVs. I remember the first day I rode an ATV with you and I just felt so empowered like to be like <laughs> cruising around Costa Rica on the quad. The reclaiming audacity, you know, I knew for me this trip would be something I said yes to, but I was completely blown away by all the ways it changed me and I'm still processing, you know, I yeah. mean, and just the content of all the other three of you, the content that was shared that got me thinking and was so thought provoking and I could feel my soul lighting up and then parts of my human, like my human heart breaking, you know, over mm-hmm. some of the things we talked about, like the dynamics between, you know, men and women and the patriarchy and its effect on not only men and women and different cultural aspects. Like my human heart was just heartbroken at things left unhealed or things that I witnessed. And I was also blown away at the reclaiming of my own audacity, you know, to sit and hold space for people and to work with other women and to be on a compound, like a resort with the same (laughs) other women. I I told you all my inner child about the third day was like, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. This is when someone doesn't, you know, you're sitting alone or someone says something mean or something happens and that never happened. Uh, that never yeah. happened. So there was mm-hmm. a reclamation of healing of of myself, of taking up space, but also my inner child got through it and was like, we did this? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. we did this. And it was mm-hmm. so incredible. Like I, I never expected the layers. I mean, I think there's like 20 things I wrote in my journal. I need to process with my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and this, and this, and this. Yeah. I, I just never expected it. Yeah. Yeah. There was something that I think everyone, everyone's hearts opened up almost immediately. And then it just, it just kept opening. And opening. Every, and opening. And opening. It's like, stop. Uh-huh. There were, there were moments. I mean, there were moments, I think, yeah, by that third day, by that Tuesday evening or Wednesday. And I think that's when we noticed it in the group as well. Like it was a lot, but I know that for me. I had to go to my room, which was also a trek for me because I I feel that I got the room that was the farthest out 
<laughs> the resort. It was a beautiful room, but I, I just got, that's where I was placed. I just had to cry. Mm-hmm. I just had to, I wasn't sure what I was crying about, but I felt such heaviness in my chest and not in a bad way. It was, again, it was just a lot. But I think that one of the things that really landed for me was something landed about the kind of teacher that I am that hasn't landed in that way before. And just so everyone else knows, a lot of what I brought in was not just astrological, but it was also a lot of ancestral teachings and practices that I've talked about, you know, here on the podcast a few times, but that are also such a big part of my life. And it's a part of me, of my history, of of my culture that has been calling me back for probably about a year and a half, maybe. And then I've really, there was something that called me to, this is the place where I'm going to share it, Mm -hmm. you know, and to bring that in and to have it be so impactful and to be received in the way that it was with a lot of curiosity, because I wasn't sure how it was going to be received. When I thought about it, my body felt calm. It was my mind that, you know, had all kinds of thoughts, but my body felt right in that this is what I'm meant to teach. I don't come from the lineage I come from and know the things that I know to not share this, to not teach it. These are things that are helpful. And so that was incredibly healing for me, incredibly healing because I think, and I, and I shared this with, with you and I think the other women, there's a part of me that has been trying to land on what kind of teacher I am. And it's like, yeah, I, I teach astrology. I, I coach and I know quite a bit of things, but the type of teacher that I am has been something that just hasn't landed in the way that, that it did at this retreat. Mm-hmm. And that was really speaking from a space where I allow myself to channel what comes through and trust it. And that was incredible. That was incredible for me. I remember that night it landed in you. It was just such yeah. a powerful awareness. You could see it like you were receiving it and taking it in. And I don't know about you, but I was, I was surprised at the spiritual hunger that was present. That, that yeah. when we were talking about spirituality, people were hungry and soaking it up. And that yeah. was so exciting for me because it's such a big part of our, my life. And I know it's a big right. part of your life. And to have that confirmed that there's a want and need for that was so beautiful. It was yeah. just so beautiful. And I want to say that, you know, when Millie and I say this was a lot, you know, some people can be like, oh, a lot. It's not a lot in a bad way. It was so much in a good way. Like, and it wasn't a love fest in the sense of like bypass. No. What I really, there was no bypassing. (laughs) This is not a group of bypassing and just connecting through love and like woo woo. And this was people like really looking at things in their lives, us included, that were asking to be changed, asking to be healed, demons that we needed to confront but also opening our hearts to receive the love and connection that was being offered from complete strangers or from people we haven't seen in a long time with each other. You know, it was like, I could feel my heart and my body and my soul. They were just, it was like a sponge 
Yeah. There wasn't a lot of time to like let it land or like put it in its place because we were holding space for other people. And I just remember sitting at breakfast or lunch or dinner and, you know, people asking questions or hearing about their lives. And those moments were incredible. And being in the ocean with you surfing, yeah. you did it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> was incredible, yeah. you know? That was incredible. Yeah. You know, it was such a beautiful combination of what each of the four of us brought that it really covered mind, body, spirit, every way. I mean, the parts class that you did with with Vanessa, I think was just so, it was an incredible class that allowed the women there to really put names to things. And then that class that Danae and I taught, it was very spiritual. I feel it was more of a channeled class more than anything Mm -hmm. else. So this this podcast is about grounding spirituality. And that's exactly what I feel happened at that retreat. So yeah. there wasn't, it, it wasn't just about thinking positively. There was actual transformation that took place. I feel that mm-hmm. we all, the women who attended and the four of us really took away tangible tools as well as a spiritual understanding, or at least an opening or a curiosity of one, who we are beyond the ego, beyond the identity, and also significant tools that that can help in the everyday life. And when you marry those two things, when those two things come together, it's a different experience. And it's one where, you know, Danae taught this class from, from princess to priestess. And she brought up the point of a priestess is self-contained when life, what I like to call life is life, you know, life on life's terms. And so to your point, there was no (laughs) bypassing whatsoever, but there was an empowerment of I'm going through a difficult time right now, whatever that may be, but there's so much wisdom within me that I can really navigate it or look at it differently or ask different questions or get curious, not judgmental. So it was, it was intense. (laughs) And I love that. What you just said is I felt like as we, as individuals and the women were going through different things, there was a common theme of we each had done enough work within us to contain ourselves, to be able, like, I got me, I can handle Mm -hmm. this. Like I can move Mm -hmm. through this challenge or this difficulty or this new awareness, but I'm, I'm not going to fall apart. I have a support system and I've built a support system within me and it's going to be okay. And that was something that really blew my mind is Mm -hmm. how many people had done that kind of work to build that kind of support system within them. Yeah. It just goes to show you how when we surround ourselves with women that inspire us, there's something really powerful that happens. We create change. We created an impact in those women's lives and in each other's life, not just from the retreat itself, but the entire process of bringing this retreat to manifestation. The entire thing. We started back in December. The first conversation was had back in December with an December 2022 with a new moon in Sagittarius. And we open circle on Saturday, June 3rd with a full moon in Sagittarius. It was that entire lunar cycle that we brought something to manifestation. That in itself is massive. Not only because it was a lot of work, a lot of components that brought this together, but also because of a lot of our own wounds around working in a team, working in a group, working with women, (laughs) This whole thing was just such a, I feel it was a soul lesson. (laughs) This to me was not just a retreat. It was such a massive 
massive soul lesson that I feel I'm still processing in so mm-hmm. many ways. And it just showed me it's it was a moment where I could see how much I've healed, how much healing has taken place. The thing I think we forget is that the human wants to see healing like the next day. It wants to see the cumulative effect of all the healing very quickly. And when I look at this retreat, this was a cumulative (laughs) cumulative (laughs) effect of healing that I started in like 2004, you know, not only as sitting as a teacher and organically teaching and trusting that my body had inside of it everything that I needed to offer because of the work I've done with clients, because of the teaching I've done and all the reading and all my own personal healing work. Almost 20 years later to be able to sit there and go, I I know I can do this. I got this. But to sit with women in a way is the effect of all the healing I've done in the past couple of years and being in groups and relationship with you. I mean, that really started, you know, just a couple of years ago, me finally like opening up to allow a partnership as in our podcast and things like that. But the human forgets these things take time. And, but if we nudge ourselves past our comfort zone, and if we're willing to step into like a place of discomfort that we know will actually be good for us, then we get to see these things. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't see these things if we play small and if we don't try new things. And just so everyone knows, because I think everyone should know, you were just so, I don't know, mesmerizing to watch, truly. (laughs) Just the way that, you know, Everything just came out of you. The way that you spoke, the passion that you spoke about it with the conviction, the sincerity. Those are things that you cannot fake or rehearse. You just mm-hmm. can't. No. And people will know if it's fake or rehearsed. I'm bringing, I'm bringing this in because I think it's important for anyone listening that just to, to your point, remember that Every part of your process matters. Every part of your process, if you're holding yourself with as much love as possible along the way, trust that it's really creating, it's chipping away at who you are at your core. And I think that that's what came through. I mean, I just watched you teach and it was like, it was like light. It was, everything was just flowing and everything was just so impactful and, 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 helpful. And I mean, it was just beautiful. But to your point, you have to be willing to allow yourself to have your healing process. Not just if you're a facilitator. I think this is the way that we are of service to the world. Yes. One of the things that became so clear to me at this retreat is that nothing in my life, me as Mildred, is more important than being of service. And here's the thing, right? It doesn't mean that I'm going to like not care about my relationship, not care about my home, you know, no, it's not that. It's just that there is a different intention from which you lead life. There are decisions, there are different decisions that you make based on, oh, this is why we're here. We all, I think, go through a process in life where we try to find our purpose I think that our divine purpose is to be of service. but And I do think that that looks differently for everyone. You don't have to be a coach or a therapist or whatever. But when you can tap onto how are you of service to this world in some way in your life, I think that's tapping into purpose in itself. And that's what we're talking about here. That I think that each of us really tapped into 
how can I be the best of service today? And that really came through. That totally came through. And I, I agree with you. I think we're all meant to be of service. And I think it's important to remember, like when you're, let's say you're a parent, your act of service is the relationship you create with your children and who you are as an example. So they know how to move, go out into the world. Or if you have a love relate, a romantic relationship, being of service is how do you show up in that relationship and the energy that you create together that reverberates out into the world? Or how do you show up at your job, no matter what it is? Because every time you bring, again, not in a bypass way, but every time you bring your light or your intention or your integrity or your heart into a situation that is felt and it mm-hmm. is felt collectively. And it could be mm-hmm. an interaction at a grocery store between a child, between anybody. You can do mm-hmm. this. I mean, I mm-hmm. think every moment is full of possibility. And I, and I felt like, you know, even some of the exchanges we had with some of the people that worked at the resort. I mean, you and I really worked to, to talk to them and speak to them and was really landed on me just how all these interactions are so important. The light we bring, the respect we bring, the kindness we bring, that reverberates out. And that's how change yeah. is created. It's not yeah. just from being a teacher or a healing practitioner. It's in every moment. That type of intention really comes from our own work. Yeah. How honest are we willing to be with ourselves about how we're showing up in our lives, about the decisions that we make that no one else may know about, but that we know about? And how do we begin to choose differently? There is no way that, at least for me, that I could have held space for some of these stories if I hadn't dived into my own self in the, you know, for the last eight years. No way. Mm-hmm. So to that, to be of genuine service to the world requires an immense honesty with ourselves in our own healing process. I mean, that that is a topic in itself, but this this retreat was so impactful. And to be able to not just meet you and meet the other women, but to to also be so you know, in your family. I met your family. We had dinner together, you know. That was so special to share them with you or share you with them, all of it. Yeah. And and to have conversations with your kids. I mean, it was it was just all so, so beautiful. And and I don't think that I think that a lot of times we crave genuine connection, like what I experienced with you and your family. Or I think that only came because there was an immense amount of of genuine connection with myself that has happened for years. You could let it in, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, because of the work you've done, you could let it in. And I feel like because of the work I've done, I could let you in. And and that's that's what you're saying. Like, I could have missed all of this a few years ago. I could have, I would have said no, maybe, because I would have been too scared. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have let you in. I wouldn't have known how. I wouldn't have let the women in. I wouldn't have let, you know, the things you said just now in. And we need to let these in because this is how we change. This is how we rewrite the narratives around trauma. You know, this is how we heal is when we let these beautiful experiences in and allow them to transform us. Right. You know, you mentioned earlier that we can't experience things like this if we keep playing small. Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways in which we play big 
is again, and I think that I'm going to talk about this for for, for months to come because one of the ways that we can play big is is by really going all in on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know, there's a part of me in my head right now. Oh, you're you're like tooting your own horn. And then there's this other part of me that's like, I'm going to toot my own horn. And here's why. There's a lot of shit that I've had to go through to have that be a manifestation for me. And not just to say that I co-hosted a retreat in Costa Rica in a, in a badass resort, which it was. It was, oh, I realize who I am in connection to other women who inspire me and who are also badasses in their own right. When Vanessa, Vanessa sent us an email talking about certain things behind the scenes afterwards. And she said, let's just take a moment to acknowledge that we did this and we did this really well. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I thought she's right. We did it and we did it really fucking well. Yeah. In so many ways, we have to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. we have to celebrate it. We have to thank ourselves for having taken whatever risks have been taken to to bet on ourselves, to trust ourselves, to learn, to sacrifice certain things that for the sake of our work, for the sake of our learning, for our education, whatever it is, it's not so much the manifestation of the retreat, but everything that the retreat brought up and represents and who you get to work with and who you get to share those things with. I say that because that's how we play big. When we honor the fact that we really can move through difficult things in our lives. And as soon as we stop waiting for hard things to be easy, the ride actually becomes a lot smoother. That's so well said. I was I was thinking about the moment I could see it landing in you, the bigness land in you. You know, Danae and I had been talking about like, the wisdom that comes out of you and that the words just come out of you. And you're just such a natural teacher who channels information. And I saw you it like land and you own it. And it was del- a delicious moment where it was like, you were almost like shocked, but it was like your whole body was lit up and I could feel something transforming inside you as you dared to own it. And you claimed that. It was so beautiful to watch. And that was just one of those moments. And to be a witness to that and to reflect that back to you and have other people reflect that back to you is so beautiful. And I think we should do an episode around playing big, not mm-hmm. being so... I was doing some research about women in humility and I was like, bah! you know, like it's all for the wrong reasons and like yeah. standing in our light and supporting each other. I think that's something I want to talk more about because I feel like it's a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Venus is going to retrograde in Leo pretty soon. And that is such main character energy. Can mm-hmm. we be the main characters in our own lives? Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. But this retreat was was life-changing. And I say <laughs> that and, and, and I, in ways that I did not expect. I did not expect for it to be everything it was. And just this conversation alone is really helping a lot of things to land by the way. <laughs> I know. I feel like we'll be having a, a many more conversations. I think the only down part about the retreat was saying goodbye to y'all and knowing that yeah. y'all live in LA. I live in mm-hmm. Charleston and all the other women live all over. And I just was like, you know, that physical, like getting to hug y'all and be in your presence and have dinner with you. That was the only downside is knowing that I don't know when that'll happen again. Yeah. Yeah. That felt abrupt. <laughs> it did. That felt a little abrupt. I mean, I have to say when 
think the, the first or second day that I was home, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think it was my second night here. And I woke up in the middle of the night just crying. I think I was mm-hmm. so sad. I think I was just so sad. Like it ended. Yeah. You know, that yeah. felt really abrupt. It's like, oh, now we have to say goodbye. Like, wait, what? That was really, that felt a little unnatural. Yeah. It felt so intense. Love and connection on steroids and joy and connection to the divine and connection to nature and just being in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is like nature and steroids. The ocean is on steroids. Oh, I mean, everything's I so know. big. I went surfing yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> the waves. I was just like laughing at myself. <laughs> how I could ever be scared of some of the waves here <laughs> compared to the waves there. Yeah, to come back, I felt like a. Uh, it was too quiet. It was like a sadness, like a hangover from the bigness of it. It was. You could see how people who are performers or who do like big performances, rock stars, actors, all this stuff, you could see how when things go quiet, how hard it must be. Oh my God. I'm just having like a big old like aha moment right now because every time that Carlos performs, he's on a high for a few hours. Like after mm-hmm. he performs, he he's like, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the adrenaline of the show. And so he's up like almost all night. Anyway, that's an aside, but you just gave me an homo that that makes so much sense. I wonder if it's hard for him the days after because everything's so quiet. I mean, that's such a dopamine hit. And then yeah. to be connected to energetically to all those people and then nothing. Yeah. And then he just has to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good point. We found it important to share this with you all. Um, so many of you have been so supportive and so sweet so gracious, so curious. And, and we wanted to, to give you an insight, a little bit of the behind the scenes of, of what happened with us, of how impactful it was, you know? And so I'm sure that Ashley and I will be, we'll do a retreat together in some capacity. And at least now you have an idea of what, of what we bring. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you all do, but this means a lot. This mm-hmm. means a lot. And so at least some of you can join us in the next one. Yeah. And you're hosting a retreat in October, right? Right. So I am hosting a retreat in October in Guatemala, in Antigua, with another amazing woman who is uh, a mindfulness coach and yogi. Her name is Barb Haynes. And she and I co-hosted a weekend retreat last October. And this October, from October 3rd through the 8th, we're in Antigua, Guatemala. And we're going to also step out of Antigua, go hike a volcano, do yoga. By that time, I'm going to be Reiki certified. So I'm also going to be offering Reiki sessions, astrology sessions. So that's going to be amazing in itself. I mean, Central America is such a beautiful, like all of Central America is a beautiful place. Yeah. So thank y'all for listening. And if you would like to rate or review us, we would love and welcome any ratings or reviews. We appreciate the feedback and support. And you reach out to us on Instagram. We'd be happy to answer any of your questions or if you have any ideas for topics, we welcome that as well. So yeah, we're just so grateful for you and for being on this ride with thank us. You. Thank you so much. 